You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is July 26th, 2021. And on today's show, we will preview the Nationals and Phillies series coming up here. Four games set starting at Citizens Bank Park on Monday evening. We'll have a full preview of that. We'll touch on some Nationals news and notes and kind of clean up some stuff from yesterday. I talked with Max Raymond about the Nationals roster, who could be on the way uh, out, who could go, who could stay, that kind of stuff. And just want to add on a couple notes from yesterday in regards to guys like Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, and Joe Ross, a couple other guys. So hope you guys enjoy today's show. All right, first of all, on today's show, I want to encourage you all to go back and listen to yesterday's show if you have not yet, because it, it might change. Uh, Max Raymond and I discussed trade possibilities for the Nationals, and obviously, it being deadline week, there's a lot that can change in a hurry, and we've got some news we're going to get to in a second. But one thing we didn't touch on yesterday is that Scott Boris, who is Max Scherzer's agent, told NBC Sports Chicago back in late June, so this was uh, June 25th, he said, quote, the reality of a trade, a Max Scherzer trade, is going to it's going to have to be something that uh, have to lead to something, basically. So once again, here's a quote. Quote, the reality of it is, is going to have to lead to something. There's like three twos in there. End quote. So the idea being that Max Scherzer, if he gets traded once, either, you know, a, an agreement kind of set there or an extension in place, period, for Max Scherzer to be traded to go somewhere else. Now, he's got 10 and 5 rights which means that he can veto any trade right now. Um, Justin Verlander, who is somebody who is around his uh, Max Scherzer's age, got a two-year, $66 million contract at that age as well. So this is something that's not out of the realm of possibility. Obviously, Max has had such a great season that on top of that $210 million contract that Max Scherzer made, he's got the opportunity here to make some more because of that really awesome, uh, this is an awesome career that he's had. So, you know, he's pitching well into his age 37 season, um, and he's been pretty durable. Obviously, he's got an injury right now, but that's kind of, you know, I, I think it's maybe part precautionary. Obviously, it was swinging the bat. Uh, I'd love to see Max in the American League because sometimes it seems like injuries <laughs> happen to him in batting-related incidents. We've all seen it before. But, yeah, so, so I think that's something we must note. Now, once again... That could change, right? That could definitely change. Scott Boris could be talking. I'm, you know, I'm sure he's doing his due diligence, talking to teams, saying who would extend him. I'm sure um, Scott Boris has been talking to teams that you know might say, "Hey, if Max gets traded here, would you still want to re-sign him?" You know, if this, if, if the Yankees don't want to re-sign him, the Dodgers sign him the next season, right? So I'm sure Scott Boris is working on the behalf of his client. But as of a month ago, the word was from Scott Boris that he wants a contract or he wants a trade rather involving Max Scherzer to lead to something. And that's something obviously meaning a contract extension. So what does that mean? That means that the value of Max Scherzer is probably going to be a bit higher. Also, the, the fact that we, we know there's going to be multiple suitors in on Max Scherzer lets you know that in addition to the, the, you know, the price being high because of the extension, also, uh, this means that, you know, that price is going to get jacked up because multiple teams are after him. So there's there's two factors there that I think are big. One, the extension. Two, 
the multiple suitors, in addition to the fact that he is an excellent player and his performance has been strong this season. So uh, strong is, is not fair enough to him. Uh, it's been excellent for where he is in his age, and he's been a horse on a staff that is paying three guys, you know, a lot of money. Um, he's been the, the best of the three this year, and he's been the, you know, one's hurt, one's inconsistent with Patrick Corbin, and, and he's been the third guy, and he's the oldest out of all of them, and he's been great this year. So uh, he's, you know, he's, he's earned the extension, in my opinion. We'll see what happens. I think that, you know, um, the Nationals just have to make a move with Max because he's such a valuable asset. And with where they are in, in such a bad farm system, he represents an ability for them to uh, really restructure and recreate and, and, and add some exciting pieces potentially to their farm system. Another piece of news on this, and this is from SNY TV, is that the Mets are going to acquire, yes, the New York Mets are going to at least ask the Washington Nationals about Max Scherzer's availability. Now, this is really interesting for one reason, because both these teams are in the same division. So the Mets are saying, hey, this guy's terrorizes forever. He might be available. What if he switches sides now and comes here? And look, I don't think anybody believes that this trade is going to happen, but uh, I guess you know the folks in the Mets front office are thinking, hey, you don't know if you don't ask, right? Um, and this is from Andy Martino, MLB Insider, SNYTV. It says, sources Mets will inquire about Nationals ace Max Scherzer. Outside execs are skeptical that Mike Rizzo would make a move to help the division rival Mets. He goes on to say the Washington Nationals are discussing ace Max Scherzer in trade talks. The Mets will inquire about him according to league sources. Outside execs are skeptical that uh, Nats GM Mike Rizzo would make a trade to help the division rival Mets, but New York plans to find out for itself in the coming days. Before I go on, I just want to mention that's very, this is the most shrewd Northeasterner thing ever, right? Um, sometimes in the Northeast, you know, the same uh, courtesies and the same kind of social norms and rules and, and talk does not apply. Uh, this, you know, there's a bit more of a frank conversation, I guess. So as opposed to just assuming, right, as opposed to just assuming, hey, Max would not be available to the Mets, um, you know, the, the, they're going to find out for themselves, the, the Mets are. The Mets are going to say, you know what, we don't know if we don't ask. So the Mets are going to inquire about Max Scherzer. I doubt, once again, I will continue to read here from the article, the Mets have been looking for pitching even after trading for veteran starter Rich Hill on Friday. Scherzer fits the mold of what they find most appealing, a free agent to be who would not command as high of a prospect cost as pitchers with years of team control beyond the season. Now, that, like we just talked about, is a breaking point. So that might be an opinion here from Andy, Andy Martino, but, you know, once again, going back to Scott Boris's comments and Max having the ability to decide where he goes, that makes this Mets trade an even more unlikely situation because... The, Nash, the, the Mets are a little cash-strapped at the moment. They have one, you know, one more probably bigger, two or one or two more bigger contracts they can sign with DeGrom coming up next year. I think Syndergaard is available to sign. They also have to think about what they want to do with Michael Conforto. They have a whole lot of decisions coming their way, and so they'll have to decide to make one. I don't know. that This Max Scherzer trade feels very unlikely, but I thought it was just worth mentioning that that is something uh, that could happen. Also, uh, something we talked about yesterday, Joe Ross potentially being available. You know, for me, Joe Ross, we'll talk more about him in a little bit. I, I, I totally forgotten because of the, the way his, you know, he set out the COVID year, he does still have one more year of arbitration technically left on his contract. So Joe Ross 
is actually somebody who has control left and has pitched pretty well this season. And while he has not come up in a lot of trade talks, he's, he's not a higher-end guy, I do think he's definitely a piece the Nationals could move, but they might also just sit on him because I think with the way he's pitched this season, he is a, an affordable option for them next year. Um, it's, it's an affordable option for them next year to fit somebody into the rotation, and we know how many challenges the Nationals have had with fielding a healthy rotation this year, right? They aren't as bad as the Mets are, but the fact they've had to, you know, use Paulo Espino and, and guys like Jeffrey Rodriguez um, to make starts for them, you know, this this is not obviously a situation uh, they wanted to be in. So the idea of having a guy, you know, under contract, under control, I think Fetty and Ross both have a chance to be in the rotation next year. And if Max is gone, which he probably will be, you know, you'd think that they've got Strasburg hopefully healthy. They've got Corbin, who potentially could bounce back. He's been horrible, and uh, that contract looks like an overpay right now. It's, well, definitely is an overpay right now for Patrick Corbin. But the fact they've got two cheaper options in Fetty and in Joe Ross uh, is going to allow them to you know go and get a fifth guy, and they could spend a moderate amount of money if they want to, depending on what they want to do, or if they want to bring somebody up to the ranks, they could potentially do that. But I'm not really sure they feel strong enough to bring up anybody. And in, in, you know, uh, at that point, yeah, I don't think Kate Cavalli. I don't think Jackson Rutledge. I don't think Cole Henry. Those guys not really ready to make the next step up. Is it a Seth Romero type situation? You know, they, they want to go cheap and bring up a guy like that. Not saying they bring up Seth, but a guy like that. You know, and just bite the bullet. I don't know. We'll see. I lean towards hanging on to a guy like that because of the control and because of the performance this year. It's it's something that you can just kind of plug and play. It's one less spot you have to worry about next season unless somebody really blows you away with an offer for Joe Ross. Uh, I think that you know, you know, not like they're not going to take calls on him, right? I think you're, they're going to get some calls on Joe Ross, but uh, I think they end up maintaining him. And uh, one note: if you guys go to Spot Track, check that out, which is I use Spot Track's great, but they say he's an unrestricted free agent in 2022, um, and his salary is 1.5 million dollars for this season. He is not unrestricted because of the COVID year; it bumped back to it bumped back to service time. Uh, so he's got one more year of arbitration eligibility. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll discuss the Nationals' upcoming series with the Philadelphia Phillies. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-run business serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. Go to rockauto.com today to see thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers for your car or truck. And the best part about rockauto.com is that their prices are always reliably low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You could uh, choose to spend 30, 50, and even 100% less than you would from a chain store or a car dealership. Go to rockauto.com today, and once you go there, put in uh, Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, so this week the Nationals start off their week with a four-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies. And what's interesting about the series is that it feels like uh, it's kind of an afterthought to the trade deadline. Um, The Phillies could be considering some moves. I think they're in that range right now where they still fancy themselves as competitive as they head into this series. Uh, The Nationals are going to be sellers, obviously. Uh, That's kind of the word as they head into this series. So this this is more of just a backdrop, right, to what's happening um, off the field with the player movements 
uh, you know, to affect what's going to happen on the field the rest of the way. So this is where things stack up currently in the National League East. The New York Mets are 52 and 44. They're in first place. The Philadelphia Phillies are 49 and 49. That's four games back in second. The Atlanta Braves start a four-game series, uh, five-game series actually tonight with the New York Mets are 48 and 50. It's five games back. The Nationals are 45 and 53. They're eight games back, and then the Marlins are 43 and 57. That's 11 games back. So the Nationals eight games back. The Phillies are, just, are half of that, four games back, and they've been playing 500 baseball basically the entire year. The last time the Nationals traveled to Citizens Bank Park. They took a two-game midweek series, so the Nationals will be looking to do that again as they head to the bank for this week. Four-game set once again, and we'll get you guys the schedule and the pitching matchups here. Um, also, you know, I know FP had his issues, but it was nice to hear Bob and FP. And also, Mark Zuckerman was on television doing the pre- and post-game shows, so there's a mass and shake-up uh, this weekend that we saw some. All right, Monday, July 26th, which is today at 7.05, it is going to be Joe Ross against Spencer Howard. Now, uh, the conversation here would be, we t- I know I mentioned it before the break, but if Joe Ross is being floated around for everybody right now, um, then you know this is a really interesting situation. This could be a big start for Joe Ross, you know, if, if he's if his name is being floated around in trades and wants to show uh, you know a bit of quality right here that he's on kind of a good run of form and that would actually help the Nationals and help. Uh, you know, the, them kind of get returns for Joe Ross. But, yeah, he, he's on the mend right now. You know, Joe has not pitched the entire month of July. This is going to be his first time back. But that month of June that Joe Ross pitched, 32 innings pitched. He had a 1.95 ERA in that month. A really, um, and, and out of the three outings that he you know had, he had, or excuse me, out of the five outings that he had, he had three where, um, you know, he ended up giving no runs and went at least six innings. You know, he had an eight-inning start in there against the Giants on a day game on a Sunday. He shut out the Marlins in seven innings with eight Ks, only four hits allowed. Uh, and Tampa, six innings, you know, uh, six and a third innings, only up two runs with seven Ks there. He had 11 Ks in a five-to-one loss against the, uh, against the Dodgers, but still six and two-thirds, three runs, 11 Ks against the Dodgers. Uh, you know, that should keep you competitive. The Nationals offense just didn't show up for them that day. So I think Joe Ross has been pitching uh, really well. This is kind of the best run that we've seen since they had him in 2015, it feels like. And for him, you really hope that he could just keeps it up because uh, this season for him, 4.02 ERA, I mean, you throw away that month of May, and I know you can't throw away months, but he has six ERA in that month, and, uh, you know, he made – Six starts in that month, and then he rebounded in June like we talked about. So let's see if Joe Ross comes off the mend and can kind of be the Joe Ross that was there in June. We'll see if he can do that against Spencer Howard, obviously, in the first game of the series. Um, And then you turn your attention towards game two. And I'm thinking about, you know, while we go over this, the the idea of Max Scherzer actually making a start. I think they're going to hold him out, especially with all the trade talk. And so that kind of resets the, the rotation with the way it looks now, a different look with uh, Fetty and then Ross with those two guys now back into the fold fully. And then you also add in uh, Patrick Corbin, Paulo Espino, and John Lester. And so, yeah, I mean, the last time that we saw Eric Fetty out, you know, he had a 
Uh, a pretty good start. Six innings, four hits, one run. It was unearned, four Ks. Uh, the Nats lost that game. It was the extra innings game that Brad Hamm blew. But for Eric Fetty, this last month has been difficult for him. July, he's uh, he's made four starts. He's had an 8.10 ERA, so he's been shelled in all of those. But this is coming off the injury. He has not been the same since he came back uh, in that game against the Padres. They rushed him back on the road. They needed to make that start. So for him, it's been a difficult month of July. He's looking to do the same uh, like Joe Ross, kind of you know, get back to the way he was in the month of June because he made three starts in the month of June and was very strong in all three of them. So he's looking for a return to form as well. Uh, also, the Nationals are going to be looking to see if they can keep getting quality starts out of guys like Paulo Espino. Uh, John Lester gave them a decent start the other day. I thought all things considered because they asked him to go, you know, uh, in lieu of Max Scherzer. So I think. All things considered, once again, John Lester did a good job. And, and I talked yesterday, I've really given John Lester a hard time, but I thought given the circumstances, he did a very good job. All right, we'll preview the last three games of this series in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the best place for all of your sports action needs. They've got news, scores, odds, updates, uh, you know, fun promotional type deals, great prop bets for MLB, NHL, NBA, uh, NFL, college football, whatever it is, they've got it there at betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today, sign up. It's free. You can go on your mobile device. You can go on your tablet. You can go on your computer. All those ways you can go sign up at betonline.ag. And then when you do, Use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N Locked On, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit 100 bucks, you'll get an extra 50 to play with today at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. All right, two more games to get to, and once again, these games are at 7:05, 7:05, 7:05, and 1:05. So at 7:05 on Wednesday night, we've got uh, Patrick Corbin. Going up against Zach Wheeler. I mean, Patrick Corbin has just been unable to stack consistent starts together this year. It's been a rough season for Corbin. He goes up against Zach Wheeler, who has been fantastic this year. And then 105, it is a uh, it is the day game to end the four-game series. It is John Lester against Vince Velasquez. Um, and we talked about John Lester, you know, maybe not making it through the rotation this year. Uh, he's going to be there the rest of the year, I think, especially because the Nationals are in trade mode, and they, you know, we think they're going to send at least one starting pitcher away. That means they're going to keep John Lester because they really don't have any designs on being super super competitive right now. So, uh, well, you know, if they sell like that, well, like we think they will, they don't have designs on being super competitive. So I think it's safe to say John Lester will remain in that rotation spot, and I think further analysis of him, I mean, unless he lights the world on fire the rest of the year and makes it worth bringing him back for one more year, um, you know, I think further analysis of John Lester uh, might be kind of futile, right? There's not really a big point because you're not really assessing much in terms of what he brings to this team and its future, which is really what we're about to focus on here uh, for the Locked on Nationals podcast. All right, that will do it for today. I'll do my best this week, everybody, to be as uh, as updated as possible these shows. Obviously, things happen so fast with trade, so I'll try to be as uh, timely as possible with all of these Thank you all for listening. You guys can find us 
uh, on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.